again, ladies, again, thank you so much for speaking with me about your film. I appreciate this. No problem. Right. Okay. So I watched the film and it's really good. I really love the, the format of the documentary. And I love how you took it from the, the women's perspectives instead of just doing it um, narratively from the documentary, from the documentary's perspective. Yeah, that was really intentional. That was a collaborative intention. Right. Um, and I wanted to ask you, um, this either Nancy or Ariel can answer this, like why, uh, why the topic of prison and dealing with how women, um, and as you, because there's a part in the press notes where it says it's not just another sad prison film, it's about, it's a society, it's a, it's a film about the problems with society. And was that the idea you had going into the approach of the documentary, or was that something that you realized while you were filming? Um, um, go ahead, go ahead, Ariel. Uh, you, go, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Uh, you start off. Uh, it was pretty intentional in terms of um, all of our desire to, to make a film that, uh, like you say, comes from the inside out, kind of. Um, and none of us were really interested in sort of doing a typical sort of expose of prison life. Mm -hmm. um, it was much more about, you know, discussing bigger issues like does punishment work? Is this uh, the kind of society we want that warehouses, you know, our most marginalized women and men? And um, I think it was really intentional to to approach it that way, the way we did. And I, but I think the the idea to make a prison a film about women in prison, you know, sort of all three of us came. Uh, Teresa McGinnis, our other director, came. We all came at it from sort of different uh, directions. I came at it because I, I have a, real, uh, a past relationship with Kim Pate, who I photographed and got to know through a book project I did, and Teresa had also discussed doing a film with Kim Pate, the senator in the film, and, and Ariella too had a whole other sort of philo philosophical approach to the film about punishment, and you can talk more about that. Eh? Yeah, I just was, um, I had always uh, wondered and felt also had a hunch, I guess, a feeling that um, prison didn't really work, and I think that the whole kind of mission of what prison is even supposed to be like people um just, you know people in society kind of are confused about what it is and and why are we putting people into prison i think some people think that it's that you know and kind of an eye for an eye thing if you if you do something bad you should get punished um you should you know quote unquote pay for what you've done and then there's also this idea of um rehabilitation that if you you know, you know, go to prison, you, you leave society for a while, you have all this time to sort of think about um, whatever you've done wrong, and then you can, um, with some help, sort of improve and become a better member of society. And I personally don't, never really felt that either one of those, either one of those um, arguments were really that valid and didn't work. And, and from our experience, that was actually the case, that prison... Uh, like most people who end up in prison for a while end up leaving prison and they don't, uh, they, they leave prison and often go back to commit crimes that are worse um, because they have not 
improved. They haven't been rehabilitated. They haven't had any of the issues with mental health addressed. Any sort of trauma from childhood like prison is just not the kind of place for people to have adequate um, support to deal with whatever it was that first um, affected them enough to end up there. So that's kind of you know, what, what I was thinking about in terms of my own interest in why, uh, why we wanted to look at doing a film about, about prison. Um, right, because there's, um, I guess you could say probably for the last 20 years, there's been a lot of discussions about recidivism and, re- and mm-hmm. people who reoffend being sent back into prison, especially for petty crimes. And uh, then when you look at some of the crimes that the women are committing, um, is for drug possession and usually when it's drug possession it's like small amounts right and the uh, for the courts and for the justice system quote-unquote justice system depending on how you look at it they see this as something worth worthwhile sending women back into prison or sending men back into prison especially people of color and those as you said from marginalized communities those from poor um, communities and those who are living in poverty and Mm -hmm. they're not looking at rehabilitation they're not looking at offering support while they're in prison they're not offering therapy they're not offering um like life skills right they're not offering them programs to teach them how to how to like improve their lives when they get out how to be as we as they would say be um contributing members of society and one of the things i wanted to ask you was for your for your documentary you took a music therapist and artist and photographer and you into the prison with you to help them i guess you could say learn skills to produce the documentary because they you, you use music you use their photography their painting and uh, to be a part of the documentary but when you were there was there any other program similar to that that the prison already had in place or were or was your team the first to do it in that prison no we're so i mean just to answer both of those questions kind of at the same time there are like the two prisons we were in one of them was a provincial prison and one of them was a federal women's prison and there were there are programs in each of those prisons Mm -hmm. it's it's just that the programs are often um, superficial, and again, it depends on which prison, you know, each, uh, and, uh, but the, the women that we heard from, the women that we worked with, um, it was quite clear that what was being offered in the prison was not helping them when they left. Mm-hmm. So it's not the case that there aren't any programs, but the programs are not enough, and they're not sufficient, and they're not in-depth enough, and they're not the right kinds of, the you know, they're not they're not actually helping. Um, so when we went in, there were also other arts and writing um, programs, uh, but they were, you know, intermittent. So that there was once we came in and there in the into the provincial prison in Burnside, and there was an artist who had done actually great paintings. They were all over the walls with the women there, um, and everybody always enjoys those things. And it's not like that's. You know, that's great. That's not an answer. We were using, we were really looking at the workshops we did um, in music and art and writing um, to actually be a vehicle for the women to be able to express themselves because we didn't want to go in and do interviews with people. We wanted people to really have a sense that they could express whatever it was that they wanted to express in a variety of ways. And, you know, people did 
lean towards, you know, end up, you know, one, one woman just did ended up doing a lot of abstract photography as you saw in the film. Um, and that was not something that she had ever, you know, discovered or had the chance to do before, but that was specifically because we had given her, you know, we'd worked with cameras when we were there, but then we'd also given the women who were interested in taking cameras with them. Um, we had given them camcorders and then they were able to kind of really explore whatever they wanted to explore when they left um, with the cameras. So, um, you know, some people gravitated more towards spoken word and music. Um, other people gravitated towards um, doing, you know, painting or photography. So it really was up to them. Right. Um, and you mentioned the, uh, the and the photography and the taking the camcorders out of um, the prison with them when they oh, left. Hold on one oh. sec. Nance just Nance is just saying she was not. She just texted me. She said she got off the call huh? somehow. Okay. Uh, let me try again. <laughs> well, I'm seeing I'm seeing her here, but okay, I'll try again. Oh yeah, she just texted me that. Okay, I'll try again. Just a minute. Okay. okay. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Please stay on the line while your call is completed. Long distance charges may apply. Hello. Hello, uh, Nance. Hello. Hello, Nance. Yeah. Can you call hear us? Yeah. Okay. So, Ariella, you're still there? Ariella? <laughs> Ariella? Hello? I don't think she's there. <laughs> no, no. What happened? Okay. I'll try adding her in again. I don't know. Because she said that you were knocked off, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll try calling her again. Okay. Sure. All right. Oh. Do you want me to add her in? Yeah, because it's t it's not letting me add in add her in. Okay, I'll add. Uh, I'll try. Just mean we have to start from the top. Uh no, we can um, continue because then we um, the audio can get um, cut and diced. Yeah, that didn't work. I don't know what happened. Hello. Hello, Ariella? No, it's Nance. I can't oh. seem to add her either. I don't know what's going on. Maybe her, did her phone die? Not that I or know. Because she, she okay. was still on, because she's the one who told me that your call dropped out. Yeah, okay. Hmm? Maybe it's me. I might be the problem. I'll try again, okay? Okay, sure.
Are we all here? Hey, I'm so I'm here. Uh, I'm here. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. And uh, now I'm on the other call with you on hold, so <laughs> I should. Um. Yeah. Let me just try to swap them because now I'm on two calls. Just sec. technology um uh, yes. well it's on hold with the other number okay. with your number okay let me see um, if i can it's not letting me come out either. can you hang up hang up and call it out leave it. it doesn't matter it'll it'll okay oh there it's ended now that's good so we're all still there yes yeah all right okay uh technology <laughs> has its pros and cons <laughs> <laughs> all right Okay, um, so we'll continue again from where, um, I guess where we ended off was my last question, so I'll ask it again. Um, okay, so my, my last question was regarding um, giving them the video, the camcorders to take out of the prison. And I thought that was interesting because normally with most documentaries, you usually see it, if it's like taking place in a specific location, for example, the prison, we see what's, ha what's taking place in the prison. And it's like mostly about routines and what happens in prison. But for what you did, you gave them the camcorders and we got to see everything from their own perspective, which I thought was really interesting and really um, important because it was very raw. Like, um, for instance, I believe it was Caitlin. Like we saw, she showed um, the scars that she that she got because she she um, self mutilates when she's like feeling pain mm -hmm. or when she's stressed. And I honestly, I wasn't expecting that. And I thought it was interesting that you kept that in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a bit of a, a, you know, that's one of those moments in a film where you have to really weigh um, the the risk and the and the effect and and is it worth it and she felt pretty strongly that it was fine for that to be in and she purposely showed it on her her you know daily kind of diary cam mm -hmm. and felt that it was important enough to record so i mean for us to edit that out you know is, is doing the kind of editing that we didn't really want to do um we didn't really edit out much of their footage in terms of you know we didn't we didn't censor it we we kind of left it as is and just you know obviously for time we cut things but not for content so that and was really a conscious decision yeah right. and just a, a bit about the process like as they, it wasn't just that we got the footage from them and then you know did included what we wanted to and not but we were in constant um, contact with them and really collaborated with the women throughout the edit so you know everybody got to see their sections and had um, also you know sometimes rewrote things if they weren't comfortable with how something was said um, we really worked with them in in the edit so that um so that they could feel comfortable with how they were being portrayed in the film and really could also feel that they had a sense of authorship about that because that's how we started with with them and we didn't want that to change during the edit. So for example, with that shot, like we have talked to her numerous times about that, as well as the other women who show some painful um, experiences in the film. And um, a lot of it, the time we went, you know, we went back and forth and talked over over years, actually, about why it might be important to show something or why it might be important to take something out of the film. Right. Uh, oh, no, it's no, that's true, because it's I it 
because the the topic of the film is about talking about the prison system and how it affects these women's lives, it is important to show what happens after they leave because it allows the audience to relate to them in a more uh, personal way because like for instance while the audience may not relate to depending who's watching may not relate to their life in prison there are people who outside have had similar experiences such as like there are people who do like cutting and then there's like one of the women and um, Bianca she lost her baby and then there's they're just showing like drug addiction and smoking and that and that and homelessness and anyone that's watching depending on their circumstances could relate and I thought that was and I thought that was actually pretty good yeah I think yeah I think the thing is too um you know when you asked about you know programs are not getting the help inside I think what the film like you say is trying to point out is that the place they're not getting the help that where they should be getting the help is in the community and so often they're in really they're in okay shape leaving the prison you know they're determined to quit their addiction they're determined to get some therapy they're determined and then what they're you know to make success of themselves and they're all obviously as you can see in the film extremely intelligent and perceptive and self-analytical and aware and yet they walk out that gate and you know what's meeting them often is either a pimp or a enabler or a drug addicted friend or a, you know it's, it's it's just they don't they don't stand a chance and um, they're not given the kind of support in the community to help help ensure any kind of success um, you know they've, they've got Elizabeth Fry here who is an organization Elizabeth Fry Societies of Canada that that um, that are sorely understaffed they're working their asses off but they're they're not. Um, they're not given, you know, how many beds are there in Halifax, how many shelters, how many, you know, how much is in the food bank and how much is they're given in plastic bags to walk out of the gate. What, what chance do they have? Right. And, and then a lot of a lot of the women also have an, an extremely uh, difficult time getting work because it's much harder to get work if you have um, a, a criminal record. Yeah. And there's a lot of um, prejudice around employing somebody who's been in prison right it's yeah they got a lot of never ending cycle yeah yeah Yeah, and we wanted to show that and really reflect that back you know like you said it's not you know it's not about the specific programs or conditions in the prison it's more it's a it really is about that cycle and to get the you know hopefully people who are watching the film who might not have experience with you know, with being in prison or with knowing somebody to actually sort of see this is how, you know, this is in a way we're all implicated in this cycle. You know, we're all implicated in how the government works and what funding goes towards and why, you know, we have so much emphasis on, um, you know, quote unquote public safety and what that actually means. And, and uh, you know, how does that look when people are, <laughs> are leaving and coming and going, coming and going? And is it really making the rest? Is it making the rest of us safer? I mean, even if that's your only argument for why prisons should exist, even it doesn't work even for that reason. Right, because a lot of these women, like they're a lot of the damage is being done to themselves, and is being and like a lot of the I guess the criminal acts are being committed within a certain sphere. Like um, I think it's um, Saint Bianca. She 
she was arrested. She was after she had been released the first time. She was arrested for trafficking and drug possession, and a lot of that was done with the same people that she hung around with. As you mentioned, like a lot of them, when they leave prison, the first person they see are the people who are keeping them in that cycle. They're like, as you said, they're pimps, they're drug dealers, um, like someone who's in, who is like help keeping them in an abusive relationship, and they're not given the opportunity to, to like branch out or step away from that because they're they're caught in this um, this web. And the thing is, is a lot of people don't, I don't think a lot of people realize that a lot of these women don't want to be in these situations. They they sometimes feel as though they don't have a choice and they don't have a chance. And it was interesting, like for Kaylin, um, for her, she saw prison as like her, the safest place she could be. That's where she felt the most comfortable. She didn't feel at, safe at home. She didn't feel safe in hospitals or in the group homes um, this, during the time of filming. And uh, like... And that's kind of sad and devastating where the only place that people like her feel safe is in a place where they're being held, literally held prisoner. Exactly. Exactly. So what does that say about society when someone prefers to be in prison? Well, it's, it's really, and not to say Caitlin had a loving mother doing mm-hmm. her best, you know, mm-hmm. working like crazy to, to try to do what's best. But when someone's institutionalized, it's like she's fighting this uphill battle. You saw her after she had her visit with her. You know, she just felt hopeless, devastated. And, and because she had an institutionalized kid that she loved and and helped and did everything she could but you know there were there's financial limitations she had to go away to work every single day she couldn't sit home and babysit her she couldn't accompany her everywhere she couldn't provide what was needed for her and apparently neither could society and it's not like prison was either as she points out in the film she was in segregation solitary confinement for nine months at a time you know which is completely and utterly illegal torture but sometimes she would even ask to go in because she couldn't handle um, what was happening out in the day rooms and you know it's it's mental illness being you know just warehoused and locked up and and yeah yeah (laughs) and the thing is is um and we're gonna i'm gonna be extremely blunt here i I think a large a big part of the problem is because the prison system is profitable for certain people in society, for politicians, and for the people that they that you know give them their um, their aid and their boost. It's profitable, like for them, like they're not going to see a program like the one the ladies created uh, from the ground up as being profitable because the money isn't. There's no money flowing into their pockets, right? It, like, but in prison, like they, they they make money off of beds, food, clothing, and um, and certain equipment. And that's where a lot of the problem lies because th- there's they don't see value in the women and making them better and ironically contributing to society, but they see value in keeping them locked up. Yeah, it's interesting because when you see, I mean, there's like each, you know, when you say they, they see it, like it's interesting because when you talk to different, you know, people and um, politicians at different levels or even the, the wardens or the guards, like there's, it's very difficult. It's like, a, it's very systematic. So mm-hmm. it's not that this, you know, a lot of the people um, who work within that system also don't think that it works very well. Mm-hmm. Um and a lot of the people, you know, people are trying to change it and are trying to help. Like, I don't think anybody is just thinking, well, we don't, 
we don't want these women to do well, like everybody kind of does, but it's just that the the actual system and everything involved is not is not working. And it's, you know, we thought by making a film that really shows how people go in and out and in and out and sort of the nitty gritty of like, what, what are, what, what are people actually struggling with that that might have an effect on showing, you know, not sort of pointing a finger at who's like doing the wrong thing or who's bad, but really just showing what is it about this system that doesn't work. And what is, what is it about our attitudes towards towards um, people with mental illness and addictions and mm-hmm. how they're treated in society by, you know, by you and me, by every, everybody, everybody. So it's basically, do we take responsibility for our populations of criminalized and marginalized and people living in poverty and uh, who have suffered, like all these women, most of them, 90% of them have suffered childhood abuse sexual and otherwise and it's it's a tough thing to deal with um to try to help someone through that but that's what we have to do we have to sort of uh treat them as as our own not people that we want to put away and out of sight out of mind Right. And so that also brings me to another point, like the name of the film is called Conviction. And I found it and to me, it's very fitting because you can look at it from two ways, because it's about the word conviction, like there's a word convict, which is what these women would be referred to as, you know, they'd be called as convicts or felons. Uh, but then there's another op, there's another aspect to the word conviction, where is that you have to have conviction for something. And for mm-hmm. for me, I saw it as the women and those watching and people in the in the government and people working in the justice system and in the the prison system, they have to have a conviction too to help the women and to be better, to make it better, make it more conducive for them to succeed. Okay. We were also referring in a way when we first, you know, when we first got to know Kim Pate, he's a senator now, Senator Kim Pate, um, you know, we were all very uh, um, impressed by her conviction that this just absolutely doesn't work. And, you know, anytime we heard her speak or, you know, saw her, um, you know, she, she has, she just has so much, she exudes like, conviction. And that was also partly what affected the name. Hmm. And what has been the reaction for, to the film so far from people who've um, screened it and seen it? <laughs> It, it sort of depends on, I think there's, there's, um, I think most people sort of feel like you did. I think they were a little surprised at how it does turn, it gives the camera to the women and it turns the camera on society, basically. So I think people are sort of surprised by that because when you look at the trailer and you look at, you don't, you think it's going to be probably another prison film. So it's it's kind of that kind of reaction. I also think people are um, pretty blown away by the intimacy, by the trust and the access that we get and how much the women shared and how brave they were. I think that's one of the, a big reaction that we get. I think we also get just from a filmmaker's perspective, I think a lot of other filmmakers see the film and recognize just how much work it was um, to have to collaborate with three of us, three directors, and um, and then four or five, including um, 
campaign, you know, of these women really collaborating. It's it's a lot of work over a long period of time. So that's. And when we had the first screenings at um, at Hot Docs in Toronto, uh, we had three screenings, and um, it was really great um, Q and A's afterwards. And a lot of people um, asked, like they they wanted to know, like what what can we do? What can we do to help? And it's very complicated because it's not a, a single issue film. It's not like I'll just you know write about this one thing because there's so many there's so many different. Um, aspects and issues that are kind of interwoven that are affecting the women and that are affecting why you know why we have prisons and why are we you know working in this way so um partly what we wanted to do as a response to that was to develop an impact campaign and we're developing um calls to action and you know sort of very specific things that we can offer to when people go and see the film um that we can say here's a number of things that that you can do if you want to, to try to change something um and that that was what i took away from those screenings is how how many people just you know wanted to act somehow mm. to help change this system right and for the both of you um what did you personally take away from the film either whether something that you learned like for the first time or <laughs> a realization that you had um what touched you it could be any of the th- like these things like what what did you take away from the film personally oh it's the gray head of hair gray head of hair <laughs> Um, yeah, just uh, took away a lot of stress. <laughs> um, it was tough. One of the hardest things I've ever done professionally, and actually it probably is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It's a pretty hard thing to live in that world. You can't, that's the other thing. We just touched that world barely and we were, and it just, it really, um, when you step in the prison, you spend eight hours in there or seven hours or however long we'd be in there. Um, and then you walk out I think you really, um, I think you appreciate your upbringing, you appreciate your your family, you appreciate your kids, you appreciate your mom, you know, and your friends and your colleagues. It just, it's a, you appreciate your support system. That's, I found myself grateful. Uh, yeah, and I was, I was really grateful to get to know um, the women that we ended up uh, working with in the mm-hmm. film. I feel like I learned a lot from them and still do like we're still working with some of the women um, throughout you know the impact campaign and organizing the screenings and stuff and I feel that um, in a way it was it was humbling and I felt like from the from day one when we first walked in and did a presentation at the provincial prison in Burnside and we presented ourselves and our work and what our intention was with the film and it was completely voluntary like we presented to a group of 12 it was 12 women initially that they had um, given us and uh, they could have all said no we don't want to have anything to do with this and um, I think only one of them didn't come back to the next session and and that session they were so uh, engaged and keen and interested and had like really amazing questions and I walked away from that thinking like wow I I think that we all have certain um, unconscious, maybe, prejudices, or we think certain things about people who are in prison, and really, like, I, you know, I was just so completely impressed and 
um, I guess, very moved by how um, insightful they were about their own experiences and what and what they needed, and how creative they were, and how um, how keen and thoughtful and very um, yeah engaged they were throughout the whole process. Hmm. Um, so uh, just before we wrap up, so what can you tell me um, about the impact campaign? Because you mentioned it before and I wanted to know a little bit more about it. Um, so the impact campaign is really about um, not just getting the film out there into the world and having screenings and Q&As at um, festivals or, you know, having it aired on television, but we're really working together with partners and community groups. There's a lot of uh, Elizabeth Fry societies across Canada who are working with us and other community groups, um, academic institutions, other uh, nonprofits, and we're really trying to find ways to see the film as a tool so that, for example, um, the Elizabeth Fry of St. John in, in New Brunswick, they're organizing four screenings in, in New Brunswick and they're organizing them as um, town hall meetings mm-hmm. so that they're combining stakeholders in the community, um, people that they that, that their group want to talk with, like other groups um, about these issues and politicians and the public and they, they're using the film as a kind of a way to come together to have certain discussions. So in each place it can have a different purpose in a way and it can really be um, you know, the discussion around it and the context around it can be um, geared towards very local issues or national issues or the sort of much bigger philosophical issues. Um, we just want to, we, we want the film to be useful and to have an impact and to, to kind of motivate people to actually do something. So those are the discussions that we're having with the partners that we have in the in the impact campaign and we're putting out um, you know a whole engage section on our website so um, we'll have some brochures um, you know people like contact how to contact what you might want to write to your um, various levels of government and specifically how to get involved with different groups if you want to help or donate money so that kind of thing so really seeing the film as a as a tool that will then have um, some impact I don't know if that's <laughs> enough or too general but no it, it's pretty good and pr- pretty specific actually because it's a the program from what you described it's a holistic approach because it's about is the same how we have to treat uh, conditions like sometimes the best cure is prevention right and it's and what you're doing from my understanding is you're looking at ways to not only educate the public but also to about the about, not only educate the public about what's going on in the um, prison system but also about the how it affects people outside and how we can like help women and like marginalized people to avoid going to prison in the first place right because they need help outside but, and and it's like a and it's like step by step yeah and more than that sort of not to not to put it down to the indi- individual mm-hmm. but actually to try to shift um funding and support in society away from prisons and punishment and incarceration and towards, you know, support in the community. So we, we really feel that the entire, um, you know, structure of how 
how these institutions are funded needs to change. Right. So that's the kind of thing. That's the kind of change. It's not just about how, like, how can you as an individual avoid, um, you know, going into prison, but more how can we as a society support people in society and not, um, you know, just yeah, and also to support Kim Tate. And also to support Kim Pate and her, and her vision of a you know mm-hmm. basically a country. She wants Canada to be the leader um, mm-hmm. in decarceration and in, in getting people out of prison and shutting them down. So that's what this film will help have a, be a tool for her as well. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for speaking to me about the film and about your work. And I pray and hope that the program not only succeeds but it influences others to do similar work and to and to like help these women and to help the men and women who are in these prisons because our society really needs a lot of work <laughs> let's be honest and there's a lot yeah. of stuff that can there's a lot of stuff that needs addressing and um and the prison system and is part of it and dealing with the opioid um, crisis and mental health issues and now finally I'm 36 now and finally like people are addressing mental health issues in the way it needed to be addressed and uh, it's becoming and like society as a whole is becoming more aware of it and being more open about discussing things like depression and postpartum depression for women who've like lost had that were pregnant or lost children and there's and I think society is at a point where we're tired of like just sitting down and watching things happen like we're all trying to do our own way of bringing awareness to certain um certain issues and i and film is definitely one of those like for me i always say no film is ever just a film and there's always something you can learn and take away from it and documentaries in particular are a great messenger and i hope your message gets gets around to like everyone in canada well, that's great. Well, I don't you. know if you mentioned, if we can mention just our website, it's um, www.convictiondocumentary.com. And we also have a Facebook um, site, uh, Conviction Documentary, and people can um, join that or check out the website to see where screenings are. Yeah, it's at, at Conviction Doc and Twitter and, and uh, Instagram as well. So uh-huh. we're all over social media. So anybody can find out where the next screenings are in their community. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. Uh, again, thank you for speaking to me. And I will um, include the information, like the links to the websites and the and the information in the, oh, in my post for the site. So that would be added again. So thank you so much for talking That's to me. Great. And um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay. We're great. also gonna have a we're gonna have a broadcast too on um, the documentary channel on December first. So. December first. Okay, great. I'll look out yeah. for that, and I'll make sure to do a post leading up to that as well. Great. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thank you so much for speaking to me. Have a good day. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you too. Bye. Bye.